Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Squash Podcast, episode 65 today. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. Great to be with you. I uh, hope all of you are going doing well. I uh, hope your squash is going well. We just uh, had a fantastic finish to the uh, Tournament of Champions and the new uh, number one uh, coming through, Ali Farag. Congratulations to him uh, on, a, on a great week of squash. It was really uh, and a uh, fantastic uh, final there against uh, Mohamed El Shabagi. Um, Mohamed uh, appeared to be struggling there at the end of the match, but as we know, uh, he's always uh, up for the challenge regardless of his physical uh, condition. And also, congratulations to Norel Sherbini. Uh, you know, she lost her number one ranking, but she came back here and came back at the Tournament of Champions and uh, proved uh, that she's uh, ready to uh, to regain that number one honor and uh, going forward heading into the World Championship she's uh, you know built up a bit of momentum there so congratulations to her and uh, now today uh, on our podcast really excited to have uh, the third of the key members of the Germ- of Germany's Paderborn uh, stable, uh, Raphael Kandra, coming on, and uh, he's the reigning uh, German national champion, uh, world current world number fifteen, and he's currently in uh, Detroit uh, preparing for the Motor City Open. He had some uh, practice sessions uh, earlier in the day, and uh, he's probably uh, going to be back at his hotel or his billets uh, place. Um, you know, putting his feet up and getting ready for this chat. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Raphael Kandra, episode 65. All right. So welcome to episode uh, 65 of the In Squash podcast. And uh, today uh, I've had uh, from the Paderborn camp, I've had Nicholas uh, Mueller. I've had Simon uh, Rosner. And today I round out uh, the three key members of the camp. We have Raphael Kandra, three, uh, 13-time winner on the PSA Tour currently sitting at his highest uh, world ranking at 15 and the reigning uh, 2018 uh, German national ch- uh, champion Simon great to have you uh, sorry uh, Raphael great to have you on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's Raphael yeah perfect yeah. thanks for having me great I'm uh, looking forward yeah you're currently uh, currently you're in uh, Detroit for the Motor City Open so uh, how, how are things going for you uh, for you there and uh, how do you feel heading in yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I um, arrived two days ago. Um, I'm feeling good, feeling sharp. Um, my my TOC um, campaign this year wasn't wasn't that great. Um, didn't do as as good as I was expecting. Lost their first round against Greg Marsh, but um, now I'm here. I'm training since since I lost, since I'm out of the TOC. Um, staying with the billet here, and um, yeah, they they look well after me, and so I'm I'm, I'm I have time to to train and to get ready for the match day after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you're playing uh, the winner of um, two guys. Um, who who do you play the winner? It's Walla, of? Adrian Walla from England oh, and right. Mahesh Mangaonga from India. Exactly. Right, right. And uh, have you played? I'm, I'm sure you've played both of them before. Uh, all, everybody, as we know, all the all the guys in the, at that level are quite good. So uh, you've played both of them before, I'm sure. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I did. So I played both of them. And uh, my billet already asked me, like, uh, who do you prefer to play against? And I actually said, it's it's a tough call. Like, it's yeah. hard to say. I, I recently beat Adrian Wall in the Grasshopper Cup last year, uh, just 3-2. That was a close match. And Mahesh, I beat in the league last time, the Dutch league, 3-1. It was a close match as well. So, I mean, all the guys are, are good nowadays in the top 100, top 80. And, and yeah, it's, it's all the matches are hard. 
Yeah, everyone seems pretty fit, pretty strong, and technically uh, improving mm, all yeah. the time. And, and you proved that yourself uh, over the last few years with big wins uh, in tournaments uh, over top guys in the top 10. So uh, it's all uh, very competitive and, and very exciting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. So now, I, I, close matches. Yeah. Now I don't know if you knew if you know this, but uh, you know who's coming uh, to Detroit on Thursday, don't you? No, no idea. You don't, you, you don't know. Okay. Um, well, uh, Dirk Nowitzki. He, he he's German, isn't he? Oh yeah. So yeah, is yeah. there uh, is there a match going on? Yeah, Detroit. Uh, Detroit plays Dallas on uh, oh, really? on Thursday. So you might want to. Uh, See if you can get down there to to, uh, oh, wow. to watch the game. Somehow gra- grab some I tickets. Have, yeah, I have no idea. So Dirk Nowitzki is actually from the town where Simon Rosner is from. Okay. So yeah, they they actually they kind of their family members. So Simon's dad knows Dirk Nowitzki's dad. Oh, so wow. and that's why it's a kind of a funny combination. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was always always looking forward to meet him at some point if I, if I had a chance or if I'm in the states, I can watch a match. And I, I never did. So yeah, that might be a possibility. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think he's having a decent season as well. He's as you know, he's um, about. To, I think he's going to retire pretty soon. He's been he's been at it for yeah. quite a while. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame player. Yeah, it is definitely is like you, you, we we get to hear a lot in Germany. Um, even there's no NBA, no basketball going on on the television, really. Like it's, it's it's hard to find any any good matches. But whenever we come to the US, playing tournaments there, and we switch on the TV, there's a lot of NBA going on, and that's I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I always watch it a lot, and so uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Thursday night. Thir- <laughs> nice. Thursday night. Very good. So um, if you don't mind, uh, Raphael, let's take a look, little look back. Now I uh, I did a little bit of research, and I. I uh, discovered that your dad owned a squash club uh, in your hometown. And you, that's basically where you got started uh, playing the game. What was that mm-hmm. like uh, for you uh, back in those days, in those early years? And, and what, what do you remember most about that time uh, growing up uh, in the, basically growing up the, uh, in a squash club? Yeah. Yeah, you said it. Um, that was like a long time ago, but I think I was like six or seven years old. Um, when I, I went with my parents, mainly with my dad, to the squash club, it was always kind of a 30, 35 minute drive. And um, yeah, so I just told the story like two days ago, someone that how I started squash. And I said to the guys, well, you know, I, I started playing squash and I never really had a coach. I mean, my dad used to play squash reasonably well like he got to to senior like to master german national champion three times over 40 okay so he started very late of the age of 25 so that's why he didn't get to a good level earlier so um and he was in yeah he was a decent player and and showed me some skills and some 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 lessons and stuff but he wasn't really my coach like he didn't have the time as he had to organize to manage the club and so I, I, I ended up playing alone with myself, like in the court and I hitting balls and just running around. And with the age of uh, 10, I started playing tournaments. And then I, 11, 12, I started playing on the European squash tour, playing those tournaments like Belgian Junior Open, German Junior Open, Dutch Junior Open. And that's how I yeah, went on, really. And then I got like another coach in Argentina, from Argentina. His name is Hernan Duhart. 
Okay. And uh, he's a really nice guy, a lovely guy. And um, I had a really good time there. But at some point when I was like 16, 17, like he could not really help me out that much, you know, like he's, he was a really good coach, but he was not, he never had like a, a top player coach. And he, he was just limited a little bit as a coach. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then I, I, so you uh, you move. you played in Argentina. He he came. Sorry, from... no, no, he was from Argentina. That's uh, sorry, it was my yeah. fault. Like he's from Argentina and he was based in Erlangen, where okay, I yeah. started playing squash mainly. So that right. squash club is in Forchheim. It's a it's a different town, and um, Erlangen is the place where I started playing squash and where I started playing Bundesliga first when I was in position four, and then I got to play in Bundesliga team on position one where I got to play David Palmer. Lauren Gian Anjima and all those top names and I obviously got bagel like I had no chance at all I was <laughs> 16 17 years old right. but that was like my first experience with the top guys and then I I got to I got that feeling like oh yeah I really want to be up there at some point at some day and uh, yeah that that made the big change for me when I started going on pro on tour when I was 18 19 that sounds like a great way to, to develop your game. I guess with the, the luxury of, of having the leagues all nearby, oh. the Dutch league, the German league, uh, I guess the French league or whatever leagues that you would have played in, uh, that's a really yeah. good place to uh, develop uh, your squash as a young player, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, no, I mean, yeah, I see, I, I see, I see, like you, you bring it up with these leagues. Like I, I wasn't able to play the leagues when I was at Yara, so obviously they had other top players. But yeah. obviously, the German league was the main main fact where I got to play those top guys because they said like he is one of those juniors who really want to go through. So we give him the good matches, uh, putting him on uh, position one, and then he can see how he uh, how he how he does on the on the tour at some point later on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that I've been uh, I've had uh, Martin Heath and a few others uh, from North, that are based out of North America on the podcast, and we always sort of get into uh, the discussion of. You know why isn't there, or there there should be a league, a, a North American league. Uh, mm. So in order in order to do basically exactly that very thing, you know, uh, have some mm-hmm. some uh, some top players, and then some of the the young juniors or the up and coming guys from from Canada or the U.S., and then they can compete uh, and get more match play in. I guess like you did uh, growing up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be a good thing. I'm definitely I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. It would yeah. be definitely a good thing. Now you're 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 28 now and 13 uh, PSA titles, 20 finals. That that's that's a great record. Um, now the year 2013, I guess that would have been a few years back. That seemed maybe I'm wrong uh, in assessing your your results, but may seem to really kind of jumpstart your move into the top tier of the game. That that period between 2013 and 2018, you won a few tournaments during that time. But there was one tournament in particular, if you don't mind uh, laying it out for us, the Rockefort Open. Uh, although it may not be sort of the most prestigious uh, event on the calendar, it was, I would say, quite a memorable win uh, for you. What was significant um, about that event, Raphael? <laughs> That's a good question. So I do remember I do remember the tournament, Rockefort. It was the one in Barcelona, right? Yes, yeah. So I do remember when I was when I was playing there, and I, um, yeah, that's an interesting fact. I I won the tournament while I was beating Jan Kukal in the final, maybe. 
Yeah, I, I thought I thought uh, maybe may, maybe my research team uh, got this wrong. I thought that was the the event where you and your fellow two fellow Germans played in the final first time ever in a PSA final. Oh, that was the tournament where I lost to to Jens Shore, right? Yes, yes. I did. I didn't win the tournament. You yes, didn't win that one. True. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's the first final we Germans played against each other. It was a five k, and yeah. I at that time I lost to him. Yeah, that was a big loss. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that, that, it took me a while to think about it, what it was. Yeah, but this is the one. So yeah, perfect that, to remember. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been uh, a big, sort of a big occasion for German squash, wouldn't it? Uh, to have to have two Germans in the final of a of a pro event uh, had oh. never been uh, achieved before. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, we've been we've been looking for that for a long, long time, and we've been waiting, and it's it's not really going to happen. So. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you never know these days, though. With uh, both you and uh, and Simon are playing uh, at a, at a level where you you could you could easily I wouldn't say easily, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, is it? No, it's definitely not. Yeah, I mean, if we don't really get the chance to do it in Germany at some point, because that would be like a, a great thing, like uh, having a, a big PSA tournament in Germany. Yeah. And then we have to do it somewhere else. Then, so yeah, that would be good if we if we come up on uh, on a tournament where we both play our our best squash, and then meet in the final. That would be amazing, especially on a on a big uh, stage like a glass court at whatever which tournament it is up 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 fifty uh, k or seventy k hundred k, whatever it is. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good thing. Is there uh, is there the potential uh, for that in, in Germany, Raphael? To uh, to to host a, bi- a big event like that is that is that something that's in the in the works potentially or yeah mm. not sure you know as I said like, we tried for so long and uh, we had so many yeah meetings already and, and, and trying hard to find someone I mean there are guys they have money there are uh, sponsors they they they're putting money into squash as you know like uh, the guy from Rove Michael's and then we have a, a great squash club in Paderborn, the Paderborn Squash Club, but it's it's mainly based for the for the Bundesliga teams, and they they were hosting the world team events back in the day in 2013, and doing a European Club Championships just recently last year, and these are big events, but to get really like a sponsor for a big PSA event is just missing so far, and there there it seems like there's nobody willing to do it in the near future, but. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I'm, 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 I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for it. Yeah. Well, you guys are sort of, uh, hopefully, I mean, laying the groundwork for something like that. I mean, the the um, your results speak for themselves. You're both playing well. You're both playing at the the highest level in the world. So uh, that's bound to uh, catch someone's attention uh, sooner or later. You would think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's that's true. I'm 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 top of my game as Simon is as well, and we're trying hard to improve. We're trying trying our best to 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 do do our best performance on the day, and I hope the other guys are in the background working the same way. So they're yeah. trying to give us a good possibility at some day, at some point. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Two very two very exciting players. Two guys. I mean, you're both the guys I like watching uh, play. Now. Um, Let's fast forward a little bit from from uh, the Rockefeller Open, the five k, to uh, last year's uh, British Open, where you reached the mm. semifinal and, and leading up to that event. Uh, I, I'd just like to ask you, uh, you know, 
at uh, what were your thoughts he- heading into the tournament? Because you, you came through, you beat Nick uh, uh, in an earlier round, a second round, I believe, and then you, you had your, your big win over uh, Marwan uh, in the uh, quarterfinal. So leading into that, up to that event, um, did you see this uh, result uh, happening? Like it? <laughs> First of all, yeah, it's a big jump from going from a 5K in 2013 to a, a platinum event uh, in 2018. But that's something I, I do like to remember. Um, you know, like a lot of guys tell, like, ask, keep asking me this question, like, yeah, you beat this guy and this guy. And they, they keep forgetting, like, how how hard it actually was to get to the point to play the top guys like Nick and Marwan. I mean, uh, I had to go through the qualification first of all, where I played Peter Greed first qualifying round. Then I played uh, Yip Tsip Fung from Hong Kong right. in the qualifying final. He's playing well as well. So. Yeah, exactly. He was playing really well. And at that, t- that time, he was a kind of a boogeyman for me. I, really? And I didn't, I didn't beat him. Like, you know, last two times he beat me. And I just beat him once when my first 15K... Uh, tour title in New Zealand where I beat him 3-2 when I was two love down um, okay. but the, after that the two more matches I had like I, I got chopped pretty much so this was something a key ma- a key match of the tournament and I, I survived I got through in three straight games and I was like oh wow I, I can do this I mean I, I didn't expect that but I did well so I'm not I'm not having any pressure let's see how the next round goes on and then I, I got to play uh, Mathieu Castanier. And at that time, he was just coming back from, from his uh, injury stuff. And he, he did well. He had some good results. And yeah, I played really well again. I beat him in straight games. And I didn't even lose a game. So that's how I actually got to the match against Nick Matthew. So I think sometimes you have to, you have to see the first stages before you go to like, matches like that. And, so and just just before you you get into the match against Nick, I was just yeah. wondering. I mean, you obviously we all knew uh, that this was uh, he chose the British Open to be his last, which ultimately it wasn't. Yeah. It turned out. But, I knew. Uh, I knew. But um, yeah. you you obviously had that in the back of your your mind. Maybe what were you sort of uh, heading into that match? How were what were your thoughts in terms of having to play Nick on that big of a stage? There was actually a lot in my head going on because. Uh, which is important as well. He played Tarek Moment before, and I expected to play Tarek Moment the next round. And so he he beat Tarek in like a brutal 82 minute match, I remember. And yeah. so I got through against Mathieu, and then ended up like saying, "Yeah, you're playing Nick Matthew tomorrow." And and then the guys were making fun back home in Germany. It's like, "Yeah, Nick Matthew's last match. You you're gonna <laughs> kick him, and you gonna he's gonna have his last match against you." <laughs> Oh my God, that's that's still quite far away, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's an honor and whatever. Like there was a lot going on, and I was, but I was still kind of happy that I was playing him and not Tarek. You know, Tarek is a it's a kind of difficult character for me to play against. Right, and um, I think he's I, difficult for everyone to play, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course it is. But I'm <laughs> I'm I'm kind of uh, the guy who likes to attack a lot and likes to play a high pace and. Uh, it seems like he's playing even a higher pace. Like at that time, <laughs> I didn't experience it that well. Like after the after after British, obviously, I played him a few times. But so I was kind of happy to play Nick, and uh, I was ready for the challenge. So that was the main fact. I was ready for it, and I I knew I could do it as I lost three two in in the Qatar Classics uh, just a few months ago, and and I I like playing him, and I said like I'm ready for that big stage. I wanna 
I want to perform well. I want to do my best on a day. And uh, it just, it just really went my way on that day. And uh, it was just, it's a great feeling. And the, how supportive the guys in England were Absolutely. for me, like from that, that was, that was something I was amazed about. I, I didn't expect it. I thought it's all of, all about Nick Matthew and it wasn't. They, they really like the underdog there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Well, there, there was a huge outpouring, uh, I think, outpouring of support from the, the, the whole world squash community uh, after, yeah. after that match. I mean, not only did you win the match, but I think, uh, you know, he was very gracious in, in defeat as well, at least, at least on, uh, from what I could see. And uh, I think, you know, uh, you play, obviously you played a great game and you, you rose to the occasion because I think pretty easily you could have, you know, uh, you could have let the uh, let the occasion get to you a bit. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and and that was one of the, the main facts as well. Like they they pushed me so hard to that to that level. I I wasn't even able before that. I wasn't even able to to play at that level, and because mm. there was so much support as well. That that I'm a kind of a player that that really needs some support sometimes, and where they where the crowd is pushing you and yeah letting you go through that situation really and uh it worked out and as i said like that was one of the matches after that i said okay now, now i got even further than i expected to go here in the <laughs> yeah. british open and yeah. i'm looking forward to play the next game so and then it was marvin on the court so uh, number three in the world different story again different story and, yeah yeah so, i guess i guess uh i mean maybe in your shoes if i were in your shoes i would you know you'd think oh i've never been this far in such a big event before this is you know i better uh take the opportunity while it's there <laughs> yeah exactly i mean yeah. it's it's hard to think like that at that time like that yeah that opportunity i have to go further further so that's yeah i mean there was our coach my coach ronnie flasax back in yeah. the days that guy who looks like Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And um, he's a really cool guy and he's a, he's, a, he's a really motivating guy. He's really positive all the time. And that was the only thing. Like, there was not much he could tell me that, yeah, this tactic, this tactic. I mean, it was all a little bit too much for me maybe because I, I just went on these top guys and I played my best and I tried. But he was not about like, yeah, you have to do like this and you have to do that. It's more like, man, enjoy like enjoy the moment there in the court yeah. like do your best and that was the main thing as well where I, I i was really i was really glad that i had him there so he was there and changed his flights like two or three times in a row like yeah i went further i'm gonna stay with you i the next round okay i'm gonna change my flight again and this was something i am really thankful about as well for him like being there to support me and and that made a big change yeah I guess so. I mean, he must have, having, you know, being your coach, he knows who you are. Uh, he must have noticed, you know, I better just let him do what he's doing. I mean, obviously he's in, he's in the zone or, or, or something like that and yeah. just, you know, yeah. let him, let him play his squash. Exactly. Yeah. I was in my, I, I went with the flow pretty much. <laughs> and that's uh, how, how it went on until yeah. the semifinal. And, I mean, I mean did, I was say. there was there any bit of a, a letdown? I mean, with all the excitement and all the drama of the the Nick Matthew match, then you uh, then you have to play Marwan. No letdown at all. No, no steam ahead. I was uh, even I was even more excited playing yeah. Marwan because he's one of those guys. Uh, I, yeah, it seems like I, I from if you watch him on the television, he's an amazing player. He's so he's so clever. He's so smart. But sometimes, it, for me, it feels like 
ah, I, I can't play this guy. Like, he, he doesn't look like he's, he's, not, he's not unbeatable. Like, I, I want to try this out. And I, I played him in the, in the World Open a long time ago when it was in Cairo. And I, I, was, I was close the first game, but then I got chopped after. I didn't believe in winning. And I thought, like, oh, this is the big Mahwan Trabagi and I can't do this. And, you know, that there was always a bit of a problem I had maybe. Yeah. And um, yeah, that made it, there was a big difference there in that match. I was like, okay, I beat this guy. I beat that guy before. Now I can yeah. beat him as well. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, having, having gone through uh, so many, I mean, you, how many matches had you won up until that point in the event? You went through qualifying, then Two, what, three, four, four five, four. I mean, you're, you're on a roll, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And it took that momentum. I, I used it for myself and then, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I can tell you, man. I'm I, after that match against Marwan, I was out of energy. I was so tired. Yeah. I mean, I was. If you if you if you watch the match again, or if you have watched the match, like you can see, I was running my ass off there against yeah. Marwan, and and yeah, that took a lot of energy out of my body. And and after the match, like he said, like Ronnie, my coach said, yeah. And now you can't believe, but you're now playing Miguel. He's in the semifinal. Yeah. And this is like a, a big opportunity against it. Okay, now you take it a bit too far. I know, I know I have a chance. And then he's I, I beat him before, I know, but you know, I'm I feel my body already. And that was like five minutes after match. So oh my god, something is like not wrong with my body, but it's like I haven't felt like that for, for a long, long time. Yeah. And then I tried my best. You, you felt like I do after every game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much maybe yeah. sit down <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i wasn't used to that exactly like if you're not used to that pace and that uh that speed all the time then that's what you get and um i did everything for recovery i did uh, i used Derek ryan and i i did uh, ice bath and I, I did everything but the next day the next morning i literally couldn't walk really? it was yeah. it was crazy yeah. i went on the bike just to get my body moving again I, I did like a crazy warm up for the match before Miguel, but I was, I just, you could see like I was so slow out, yeah. of, out of the blocks. Yeah. yeah and and again, against the Miguel, you, know. you need to be on your toes, don't you? Oh, yeah. Especially with the game I play. If I'm, if I'm really slow in the day, I mean. Yeah. Not, well, not well, that, was, that was a huge, uh, I mean, a, a really great event for you. And uh, hopefully uh, you, can re you can do a little bit better and, you know, get, get to the final next. Uh, this year yeah thank you yeah hopefully yeah 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 <laughs> exactly now now that might not I, I, correct me if i'm wrong but uh, that might not be uh the most important uh result on your cv uh perhaps the perhaps uh, the most important title of your career was uh, winning the german national uh title last year uh what did that mean uh, to you having been to the final a few times uh to hoist the the trophy 2018-19 yeah yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, you're right. It, it is definitely a big thing because I, I never, I never got the trophy in my hand to win a national title. I mean, back in the days when I was really young, when I looked up for the, the top guys in Germany, when I saw like Stefan Leifels, uh, whatever they called Hansi Seestaler, or even the national coach Oliver Petke. If I saw the guys in the magazines back in the days, like, oh my God, national title, that's such, such a big thing. You can't even imagine um, um, how 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 the time flies really like you know, how quickly everything goes and then you're right up there and then you i was playing my first final like five years back or something yeah and or four years back and then i i was there against simon in the court and uh 
yeah, I had nothing to lose. I, he was he was getting hunt and 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 he just had to defend his title of year by year every year. And I, I we gave us like some really good matches. Like we had some brutal matches where we had one match in Hamburg where we had one rally was five minutes and and twenty seconds, one rally and. Wow. I, I lost in 80 minutes, like 13, 11, 12. How, how did you survive a five-minute rally? Holy Lord. Yeah, that was crazy. I don't know what was going on there. We both took something before. I don't know. Like, it was just crazy. <laughs> it's just we were running and running and running. And, it's all, and it's all that, pat, that training that you guys do in the hills, in the pattern. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> it was maybe one of the facts, yeah. But the thing is, like, he was so good still mentally that he, he was able to survive at that point. I was playing really well. Maybe yeah. not his best day at, at that point, and he still survived, and that that showed like uh, um, what kind of player he is. And and then the year after, I lost in four, and it was a really close match again. And and then the year after, I, I lost to Jens in the semifinal, like a big match. Um, I didn't I, I I didn't play well at all, but uh, all credit to him. I mean, like he he did well in the day, and then he lost to Simon in the final, which he had already like a few years back. Uh, a few times as well so yeah and then this last year the different situation uh um playing on the glass but c1's not there so i mean what can i do there's there's nothing really i can do than than trying to win the trophy and oh, that's exactly what yeah yeah won the won the national title and and, and if there's a, a few years gone like in five or ten years nobody cares and nobody knows who was there on that day like it's just written on the trophy my name so yeah well, to. you know, yeah, I mean, you won the event uh, and uh, that's all that you did what you had to do. You, you just play yeah. the event and who, whoever shows up, you play and you win. And that, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's great. Now, 2018-19, uh, your campaign's gotten off to, uh, I would say, a great start in terms of, uh, you know, now you're at number 15 in, in the world rankings, your highest ranking uh, to date. Uh, so how satisfied are you with the start of your season? And uh, ultimately, uh, what would you like to see? Where would you like to see yourself at the end uh, of this year? Um, yeah, so I'm definitely happy with the way it goes at the moment. Um, I mean, everything is doing well. It's not only squash. It's, it's also private. I mean, we're expecting a little girl in May. My oh, wife congr and I. congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. So this is one of the things. Um, I don't know if you knew that, but I did a, a trekking tour uh, through the Him Himalaya. Yes, in, yeah. In Nepal. That was like start of the season, kind of. So I played uh, Shanghai. I did well in Shanghai. Then I went to, to, to do the trekking for two and a half weeks. And then I came back and played the, the Channel Was Open, where I lost in the first round to Joe Makin, where he had an outstanding run against... Uh, uh, Mohammed Al Shabagi, where he beat him in the next round, free love. Yeah. So it was not a shame to lose to him, really. And then I, I just did well, in fact, of having like that, that trip in my my legs before. And and then it went on quite well. Is yeah, I got to uh, to the third round in in Hong Kong. I lost to Tarik Moment. Then I lost to Tarik Moment again in in uh, in the um, what was it? Black Ball Open in Cairo. Right. Have you, have you, you know, having played him a couple of times, you mentioned his name earlier as a guy that, yeah, that I have now. Yeah. In trouble. I mean, have, have ago, you learned anything? Uh, have you learned anything maybe uh, going forward, uh, how you might uh, play him uh, differently, perhaps? 
I mean, yeah, I, I, since the first time we played, uh, compared to the last time we played, I think there's a big difference. I, was, I had a feeling I was really close to beat him on the last, on the last time we, were, we stayed in court and it was in the Black Bull Open in Cairo. So yeah. I had a feeling it went better and better, like in my favor, really, as more as we played. Right on. Which is a good sign, which is a good sign, which Absolutely, shows yeah. that I'm kind of improving. I'm kind of seeing a strategy or finding a strategy, not, not yet to beat him maybe, but I mean, I, I, <laughs> he's number four in the world. So, well, he's, I mean, he's, uh, I mean, obviously you're, you're playing great squash, but I know, I just noticed that in the first few events of the year, he's one of the guys that too has also uh, raised his yeah. game. Yeah, he's playing really? his best squash at the moment. That's yeah. for sure. Like he just reached a semifinal again, and here in the TOC in the Tournament of Champions New York, and uh, I think he just lost to Gawa. But no, Ali Farag, right? Ali Farag, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Ali Farag, but he was playing well in that day. So Very I well. mean, if you watch that match, it was yeah. He got outplayed by Ali, really. Yeah, yeah Ali's. But playing, you can yeah. see the quality. Yeah, you can see the quality there. It's just. Just phenomenal, which quality the guys play nowadays, and yeah, yeah, it's it's good for the squash. It's good for the sport. I'm happy. I mean, we go in the right track. So, absolutely. Now, now you mentioned um, a little, uh, just briefly, a little while ago, your your coach uh, Ronnie Blasics, Rod Stewart, as he's <laughs> affectionately known as on Squash TV. Um, <laughs> now he's based out of uh, the U.S. Now, um, yes. So what was it? Um, what was it like for you? you? You talked a little bit about him earlier, but what was it like for you um, to see him uh, go? And what was his coaching style uh, like in general? Yeah, so we we didn't have the chance to work together for long. So he came to Paderborn, stayed there for a year, I think. Hopefully I'm not getting wrong here. He stayed for a year and we worked together like quite nicely, quite smooth. But we didn't get as many sessions in as I would like to um, because I was away the whole time and then he was something sometimes away um, having like another business by side and so yeah it was just tough but it, whenever we went on court together it was really good we worked on a lot of patterns and, and, and tactical things which was a bit different to the coach I had before the Tommy, Tommy Ninimaki from, uh, from Finland he was our coach for like two or three years so he was stayed. He was based in Paderborn for a bit longer. Mm -hmm. uh, we worked quite hard together. But it was like I have the feeling as more feedback I get from different coaches, it better it, it feels for me like to to get like a few things from all the different coaches, like a few things from from a technical coach and from a uh, physical coach, and so I can I can take that out and and, and use it in my favor. And it seemed to work out, and now he's gone, and uh, we're, we're still waiting for a, for a new coach in Paderborn. Yeah, we don't really have one, so right. it's a kind of a tough situation. Yeah, I, when I had uh, Simon uh, on on the podcast, you might have uh, you might remember this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I I called it Patterhorn, and he got very upset. <laughs> okay, I remember that. Yeah, I didn't remember. I was actually laughing there as well. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to ask you uh, what it, uh, what Patterhorn squat. Patter, I said it again. Patterborn. Uh, <laughs> Patterborn. In terms of of a base for squash, it really looks like a great uh, a great place for you to sort of go back to do your training uh, and get ready for whether it's during the summer to go back and do some top up training. What is it like uh, for you there in, in Paderborn and for the team that you that you and Simon and uh, 
some, I guess, Nick uh, Mueller have uh, uh, there at your, uh, that you have access to in Paderborn. Yeah, I, it's just amazing. Honestly, it's, uh, there's no need for me like to say anything, only, only positive things. It's just what it is. It's the facility. It really has anything you want. So we have like two gyms there where we can train like the whole time. It's mainly for, for kind of professional athletes. So we have the baseball guys there as well. Okay. We have the track and field runners there and they can use it. So it's not for everyone. And so it's, it's mainly, uh, there's mainly space to, to do whatever you want. And then we have like the indoor track, 100 meter track, where we do a lot of like um, kind of tactical movements where we have like shadow runs and shuffle runs and whatever. So we use that quite a lot. And then we have the 200 meter indoor track, which was like a, a revolution back in the days. It was like something big, big invention and that uh, uh, club in uh, Ahon Sport Park in Paderborn and so we have so many things and in the outdoor 400 meter track and we have uh, seven eight courts and it's just whatever you want you can do there and yeah. that gives us such a great feeling and we have an athletic coach what Simon mentioned already his name is Thomas Prange he's helping us out with a lot of physical training. Yeah, I saw uh, there, there was some, uh, I think there was a YouTube video or, or something on squash TV that was put out in at the end of the summer. And it, I think it was with your oh, yeah. coach. Uh, you, you were part of it. And it looked like, uh, I mean, looked very, very challenging and, and looked like great training. And, and also it looked like everybody was just really having, really enjoying themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was uh, the video with the one day with Simon Rosner, really. That's right. And, yeah. um, I was I was part of it as well because that's what it is. We training together and and we do all the things together. It's just in the beginning, like in a few years back, uh, I, I didn't get the advantage out of it. I just stayed where I was. I stayed in the, around fifties for a while, and I I played uh, right squash, but just didn't get that that uh, that push really to the to the top top of the guys and. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 I'm glad that it worked out at least at the end. And uh, I mean, so what, what do you think clicked? Uh, what do you think clicked there? Yeah, for it's, oh, it's hard to say. It's tough to say, but it's it's more to believe in winning. It's more the the yeah. trust in yourself, beating the top guys, which I I, I didn't had as much as I had uh, after the British Open. Um, and to be fair, like, oh, wow, I still have to defeat the points. I mean, like, it's not all about ranking. It's about playing a different standard. So the ranking comes automatically at some point. But to play at that level all the time is, is hard. It's tough. I mean, that, that takes a lot out of your body. And um, it, might be, it might be in the summer or like after the, the season that I'm dropping a little bit because I'm losing big points or whatever. Or I might do well like here in Detroit in two days and... I get the, all the points back and I don't have to care about it. It's, it's not all about rankings. It's about are you playing a different standard or not? Like, do you play better squash than you do before? And I have the feeling I do. So, yeah. and, yeah. and this is a bit in the head as well. I think squash got so mental and there's just so much of um, doing the right thing at the right time, which I didn't before, maybe. Right. So that's maybe the, the best way I can explain. Oh, great. Otherwise, it's not like I'm fitter or not like I'm faster than before. Well, obviously, it's sort of yeah. With all the hard work, you might might maybe even just all come together for you yeah. uh, the last couple of years. You know, maybe yeah. 
yeah. Now, uh, I, I mentioned earlier I wanted to uh, – I took a look at your Twitter feed. Uh, I'm on the Twitter, and I see uh, – I follow you on Twitter. And uh, actually, on, your birth, on my birthday, you had a great tweet, and I want to ask you about it. On October 8th, uh, my birthday, you said, we've done it. Yeah, Ice Lake, 4,635 <laughs> meters. Toliko Lake, 4,919 meters. And then uh, Thurung La Pass, 5,416 meters. Now, uh, obviously, this is your, your trek into the Himalayas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Can mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about, about uh, <laughs> that experience? Because it, it sounds amazing. Yes. Uh, it's funny fact that it's, uh, it was on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, I knew that it was your yeah, we, we, I knew that. We were meant to talk about it, Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. No, that's good. Um, yeah, that uh, tweet said it all. Um, I went for the trip, as I said, as I mentioned before, I went for trekking, like a hiking trip for like two and a half weeks to the Himalaya. Uh, we were flying to Kathmandu and then we took a bus over to Basi Zaha, which is the main, the, the, the the starting point of that uh, Annapurna circuit, it's called the Annapurna circuit, where you trek around, you can trek around the whole Annapurna um, mountain chain, or you can stop at the place we stopped, it's called Tromsom, and then you get a flight back to Pokhara and then Kathmandu, where you're going back, because I didn't have that much time, obviously. I mean, I can't be, right. can't be away for four or five weeks and then play squash without <laughs> holding the racket. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to work. No. But the main thing is like we planned it uh, like a year ago. Um, I just randomly, I have a four-year-older brother. He's playing squash as well. His name is David. David. Okay. And um, we, we just met and then uh, I just came up and like, I really feel like I, I, just, we, I just wanted to do something with you, like just doing something challenging, you know? And I asked him, uh, what do you think of um, doing like a, a hiking trip like a like a really challenging trip maybe to the uh, to peru or to the um inca inca train to the inca train or something so the machu picchu and whatever and then he said like yeah i really wanted to ask you the same thing but i i wasn't sure if you're able to do it with your your business as a squash player as a you know what i i have a lot of kind of freedom where i can set my tournaments and if i know it early if i know it one year in advance i can put it to the right spot yeah. where, it, where it works because it's still we still do sport like we do we go hiking we do like something for the legs and it's it's, it's still challenging you know yeah, yeah it's not like i'm doing nothing and <laughs> um yeah and then he came up with the idea of the himalaya do that the thing and yeah that's just how it came up and we we did it together and we survived and that's good it's like it was amazing experience it was like a completely different world i I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. I just did like four or five days that. ago. I have to get yeah, on full Instagram. Five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to see that. I just made a post where I put the two pictures together as like a collage where I had like the main street of uh, New York City where all those high buildings uh, in Manhattan. And then I had a picture from that Annapurna Trail where I had all these small little villages, like the small little houses with these... Uh, yeah, like yeah, that's a, that's different awesome. look at yeah, and it was just like a look at two different worlds, and uh, yeah, it's just it was just funny when I saw that. Just, I I thought I had to bring it up, and it was I guess, uh, it some, was something like that might. Uh, I mean, after you experience uh, something like that and come back to to the squash world, it give you a really sort of a fresh uh, place to jump uh, start again, you know. 
yeah, exactly. That's what I was hoping for, and that that's what it was as well. I mean, it's of course it's hard two and a half or three weeks off the squash card, not holding a grip, uh, holding the racket, racket. But I mean, it was fine. I got some good training in after I came back. I stayed healthy there. I had no problems. My feet were fine, and so this was good. I was something I might not be able to experience after I I finish my career, because then I'm. Having a family, and I, I don't want to, want to be like off for too long without my, well, my family. This was more like a man thing. Like it was good that I did that with my brother. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it sounds like something. Uh, I mean, I I, we, I do a little bit of hiking, not much, but uh, it'd be something uh, uh, of a challenge. I, I guess it might explain your your really your sort of your your low heart rate as well. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the, whenever you play, they're always uh, uh, Joey and whoever it is that's commentating. They'll always say, "Oh, his, his heart rate's risen to 170." <laughs> yeah, they love it. They, yeah, they, these guys, they love it all the time. I know they keep talking about it, and and then whenever it goes like 175, it's like, oh, "Okay, now he's struggling. He's going over that level." And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's right. I mean, it's genetic. It's really just genetics. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean. Um, you can have like that shows that you're kind of fit. Like if you're not fit at all, you you wouldn't be able to have that heart rate at that at that time when I'm playing those big rallies. That's true, but it doesn't mean like I'm fitter than what's whatever. Like uh, Tarek Moment or Shop, uh, Simon Rosner, he goes up to nine, one ninety five or two hundred. It's just genetic, really. So it's whenever we do the hill sprints as well back in Paderborn, like. My absolute maximum, my absolute maximum is like 185 or something like that, 184. Yeah. And then I'm, I feel like I'm dying, where okay. the other guys are like two, 205 or something like this. And it's just a difference. It's just That's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we have, we have to set the record straight on that one, don't we? So ho- hopefully, Joey and, and <laughs> yeah, they, they, they hear this and then they'll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they can keep on talking. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Raphael, you've been great with your time. Uh, it's getting late in Detroit. It's close to uh, 11 uh, p.m. Uh, just want to wish you uh, all the best in, in the event uh, and for the rest of the season. And, and many thanks for coming on the podcast. And I hope you get, get out to see uh, Nowitzki uh, on Thursday. The Mavericks yeah, play the Pistons. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, all the best for your future podcast. Um, get some good players in. I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they're glad to do it. I mean, it's a good opportunity to talk in an, an, an quiet environment and, and just to, to get out of that um, squash scene, really, and talk about something else, maybe. And, yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm definitely going to follow you and hopefully chat to you soon, yeah? Oh, yeah, definitely. Let's do it again. And, uh, again, all the best, Raphael. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was great. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Raphael, for, for doing that for the In Squash podcast. And uh, we want to wish uh, him all the best in the Motor City Open, which is, uh, I think, play starts uh, today, actually. Uh, first round matches. And uh, Raphael has a, a bye. He'll play the winner, as he mentioned, the winner of Adrian Waller and Manish Mangogar. And uh, the draw is uh, stacked, really. Number one seed Marwan El Sherbagi back on the tour and uh, trying to find his uh, his form. I think he played uh, played re- pretty well in the last event, uh, losing out to Diego uh, Elias uh, in a really tough battle. Uh, Omar Massad's in there. Ryan Cuskley, Diego's uh, on that top half of the draw. Then the bottom half, 
Mohamed Abelgarar Raphael, uh, Nicholas Mueller, his uh, stablemate there in Paderborn, and uh, Miguel Rodriguez, uh, number two seed. So that should be a great event. I wonder if there's... Uh, wonder if that's going to be on squash tv or not i don't i don't know i don't know um if it is uh but hopefully there'll be uh, some sort of stream somewhere uh because it's uh, uh looks like a lot of good squash there anyways again thanks uh, so much to Raphael, and uh, thank you all for listening uh, uh we've got some good episodes upcoming and um for me personally, I'm off to the squash courts in about four or five hours from now. I've got to put in, uh, now I've got to go back to work. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you, uh, you've got some squash in your day as well. So enjoy your squash. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Goodbye now.